Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the solar panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whichever time you're listening to this, welcome to the Sun Solar Panel. We have a special midweek episode. It's a short episode. It won't take you that long. As you're preparing to watch the Phoenix Suns actually play real basketball that matters for the first time in five months. I hope you listen to this. It, it's only going to take you about a half an hour to get through this podcast. So you're as you're walking to the arena, as you're as you're however you're doing, as you're getting ready and having dinner before you watch a Suns game this week. I'm going to do a quick quick preview of the Dallas game as well as the Portland game. I want you all to um, have you know be ready for these games. First of all, let's do an overview. This is Dave King. By the way, it's a solo pod, so you're just going to have to hear me for a few minutes, and then I've got a radio interview preview of the Suns as well to share in the second half of this show. Um, let's do a quick recap of how the Suns do on the opening night and the opening week, basically, of basketball in the last few seasons. And I'm just going to go back as far as Devin Booker becoming a full-time starter, because nothing really happened for the Phoenix Suns franchise, <laughs> Until uh, before Devin Booker, right? I mean, we're not going to talk about the dark, 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 dark years, but we are going to talk about some dark years. Uh, Devin Booker's first season as a starter, the Suns, it was 2016 opening night. The Suns played the Sacramento Kings. They were supposed, everyone thought they were going to win that game and they lost by 19 points and they lost their first four games of the year. Actually, they even took Oklahoma City Thunder, who were good at the time. Uh, to overtime in game two. Uh, so they started 0-2. Actually, they started 0-4 and overhaul. Um, they started really, really bad that year. We'll just say that. And they finished 24-58. and So opening night, they lost by 20 at home. I was there. It sucked. All right, let's go on to the next season. We've got them starting. This was their uh, second year with Earl Watson. Actually, the, the yeah, the second year with Earl Watson, they started um, 0-3, if you guys remember. They set an NBA record for losing by the most possible points. And it's it was, it was pretty disgusting. This was when Earl Watson was getting himself fired. Uh, there was the fight with Robert Sarver. Sarver telling him he had to fire his agent or he'd be fired himself. And, of course, Earl Watson did not fire his agent. The Suns came out. We were supposed to be bad anyway, but they came out really bad. They lost by, they were down by 50 
in uh, season 50, I believe it was, <laughs> to the Portland Trailblazers in their opening game. And then they lost by only two to the Los Angeles Lakers. Remember, Lonzo Ball was going to be the new star of the league, and he almost had a triple-double against them. Um, Suns started the year 0-4, and, and they lost by like 90-some points. 0-3, they lost by like 90-some points, and they turned the team over to Jay Triano. And it was just a lost season. Remember, that was the season that Dragon Bender was going to be the second coming, and Marquise Chris was was buried basically relative to Dragon Bender. Um, so that was that was a wild year. That was a bad year. All right, the next year, opening day, 2018, Dallas Mavericks, huh? Luka Doncic, huh? DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, Devin Booker. This is when the team started to form as far as their uh, their their identities, the top three players anyway. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, they actually beat the Mavericks, if you guys remember, behind some key Josh Jackson threes in the fourth quarter, as well as Devin Booker scoring about 84 straight points for the Suns in the fourth quarter of that game. The Suns, that was going to be a magical season. If you guys remember that Igor Kokoshkov, he was the he was going to be the whisperer for the team. DeAndre Aiden, the best, the first number one overall pick the Suns had ever had. Devin Booker coming into his own. Oh my God. One and oh, they win by 21 points. I remember actually the fans cheering so loud. I got even a little bit um, emotional during that. <laughs> During that game, uh, the sad thing is, is then they almost never won again. Uh, they actually started one and zero. Then they lost to the Nuggets by like thirty in the next game. Uh, they lost to the Golden State Warriors by twenty. The game after that, they lost to the Lakers by twenty. The game after that, they lost to the Grizzlies by twenty. The game after that, they started setting records for the number of times they lost by seventeen plus points, and. They, they were, I'm just going to go through, 4-24 and 24 at their lowest point. But they did get that opening night win against the Mavericks, which started the big trend of beating Luka almost every time they played him um, until a few months ago. But we won't talk about that right now. All right, then uh, 1920, Monty Williams' first season as head coach of the Phoenix Suns, the new Phoenix Suns where you've got, actually got uh, – Ricky Rubio, you've got a real team. Remember, James Jones wanted to put a real team around um, Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges and, and DeAndre Ayton, and it worked. They beat the Sacramento Kings by 30 on opening night. On the way to a, uh, I'm going to do this in, in two different ways. Um, it was actually a 26 and 39 run. They were 26 and 39 when the pandemic hit. That was the pandemic year. And then they went 8 0 in the bubble, and everything has been rosy since. But that was the dawn of the new day. That was Monty Williams' first coaching opportunity with the Phoenix Suns, and they beat the Sacramento Kings by 30. They barely lost to the Nuggets by one in overtime in, the, in game two. And then uh, they, they just had a really good start to the season until they started getting a ton of injuries, and then they started just losing like crazy. Um, and right in the middle of the season, then they recovered a bit, and then, of course, you had the bubble. All right, now we're getting more and more recent. 2021, uh, this was the season that the Suns made it all the way to the finals. What did they do on opening night? They beat the Dallas Mavericks again. Hey, 2-0 and against Luka and the Dallas Mavericks on opening nights. They beat them 106-102. to and uh, they had a really, really great start to the season, a really great 
overall season, but they did split their first two. They lost to the Kings in game two. Um, so uh, this is going to lead to my prediction that the Suns are going to go one and one this week. They're either going to win the opening night and have a letdown on Friday, or they're going to lose opening night and um, have a recovery night on Friday. Okay, well, only one more opening night to go, and that is the uh, last year, 64-18, and 18, the Suns finished the season. But guess what happened? What happened, Dave? What happened is they lost to the Denver Nuggets by, um, felt like, 50 or 20 on opening night. Remember, the Suns had swept the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs before, and the Nuggets came in totally focused on opening night. Uh, just two months after the Suns had lost in the finals, they barely had any time to recover. None of us were really ready for the season to start, and it seems like even the Suns weren't. They started the season 1-3 and three before they won 18 straight. They lost on opening night to the Nuggets. Then they won game two as a recovery night, as a bounce-back night. Uh, so there's there's a lot of history uh, beyond behind my prediction of 1-1 one one for the Suns in the first two games. Let's see how it goes. Okay, before I'm not going to waste your time anymore. I'm gonna uh, we're just going to do a quick preview of tonight's game against the Dallas Mavericks. Here, I did a radio interview with Marcus Fitzgerald up in Canada. He's a really good, uh, really good guy. He asked some great questions about the Suns. It's it's funny how many fans are all over the place, and this guy's really knowledgeable. He asked some good questions. I gave some updates on how the Phoenix Suns are, and we previewed opening night. And then again on Friday, I just want to say that whatever happens tonight, the Suns are going to do the opposite on Friday. That's my prediction. Okay, take a few minutes. You're going to be out of here pretty quickly. Um, Right after the DraftKings promo, we're going to go right into my interview with Marcus Fitzgerald. And then I hope you guys really do enjoy tonight's game against the Dallas Mavericks, Wednesday night's game, and then Friday night's game in Portland. Hey, let's take just a break before we go into my interview. Let's talk about our friends at DraftKings. You guys, you got to sign up. If you haven't signed up yet, you really need to. It's so easy to place bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So, so easy. If you haven't started or if you use a different Sportsbook app, switch over to DraftKings. This is the greatest app out there. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's it. And in addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So get going on those parlays. The parlays are the funnest thing. Um, the Suns play the Mavericks on Wednesday night. You can make some great predictions on that. And then they play Portland on Friday. And then they, they've got a really grueling first five-game stretch. You guys are going to want to at least have some money on these games. I think that's that's really important. All right. So let's get into uh, the call to action here. You've got to pay attention right now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get a $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Okay, we're going to get into that interview with Marcus Fitzgerald. Uh, do me a favor while you're listening, if you're on your Apple podcast app, if you're, if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review. Please, that really helps out the show. And if you, all you got to do is give a five-star rating. If you want to leave some notes about it, great. We'd love that. It's, it's really fun, and it's really, uh, it's really worth it for the show. Thanks. Now, 
back to our show today. Joining us right now on Basketball Central, he is a friend of the show. You can find his work at Brighter Side of the Sun. You can find him on Twitter at Dave King NBA. He is Dave King, and he joins us now to speak about the Phoenix Suns. Dave, how are you doing? How excited are you? The season opens tonight. We're finally getting going again. Hey, you know what? I think the next six months of my life are a ton more predictable than the next six months of the Phoenix Suns life. This is about the most unpredictable season that I can imagine. I have, I've, I've covered this team professionally for over 10 years and I've watched, been a fan for 40 years. And uh, this is really an unpredictable season. The Suns could push all the way to the finals or they could flame out and not even make the playoffs and trade everyone away. Who knows? I can't wait. Well, I can't wait either because that that you know spectrum is so wide. I mean, I'm reading things like <laughs> is is the window closed? Are they are they done? I mean, Chris Paul's a year older. Kevin Durant is not here. DeAndre Ayton might be unhappy to be here. He and Monty Williams might not even speak. Like <laughs> like where, where do we, where do we start? Why, why did this happen? Why did we get to where we are? And if they had beaten the Mavericks in game seven, are we even talking about any of this? No, we're not talking about any of, the, any of this, but they did it. And that's the problem. The problem is the and the Suns have no ready excuses. They weren't losing uh, most of their players. They, they weren't missing most of their players. Everybody played in that game and played terrible in game six and seven, that whole series was so weird. I think those Suns, if we're going to talk about vibes, I think the Suns, their vibes, they just lost it. Once they got the um, franchise record and in, in wins, and once they had made it all the way to the finals the year before in the playoffs, they kind of came in with, I remember Monty Williams early in the playoffs saying, you know what, we don't have any, any appropriate fear. We're missing the appropriate fear of our opponents. And they definitely showed that. And uh, they just assumed they'd be able to get to at least the conference finals, if not the finals again. And you have to have heartbreak. Well, their heartbreak is huge. And now, four and a half months later, they have to play the same team that blew them out by 60 points in the last two games on Wednesday night. There's definitely appropriate fear on this team this year. We'll see what they do with that. Well, the NBA always does a good job in, in scheduling key matchups to start a season. And you just hit on it there. They'll get the Mavericks on Wednesday. Um, I'll, I'll leapfrog a couple things because I want to get to this. Uh, the betting favorite in Vegas for MVP is Luka Doncic. He is not my MVP pick, by the way. I'm not going to go uh, with the crowd. But could you see the argument for that? And, and how is this Dallas team going to look now that Jalen Brunson isn't there tomorrow night? Well, so my opinion um, is obviously everyone's opinion is just what it's worth, right? At the very before we've anyone's ever played any games this season, but I really feel like Dallas got worse. The way they were able to surprise people in the playoffs, and I don't mean necessarily regular season wins. They'll get their regular season wins. They'll get forty-eight to fifty wins, mm -hmm. but in the playoffs, they became really um, uh, unique in that they played a five out brand of basketball where they had Maxi Kleba and all these guys standing outside. They hardly played Dwight Powell. Um, and the whole offense was Luka Doncic drive into the paint and decide what to do. Jalen Brunson drive to the paint, decide what to do. Spencer Dimwitty, Dimwitty do some pirouettes, drive into the paint, but mostly just kind of sidestep and do pull up threes. Mm. That was most of their offense and they were successful with it because nobody was clogging the paint. Now this year you've got Christian Wood and JaVale McGee. That's all they do is work in the paint. Yeah. Christian Wood takes threes, but a lot of his work 
is around the paint. So I think it's going to be tougher sailing for them actually this year, especially come playoff time. Dave King joining us from brighter side of the sun at basketball central sports at 6:15 in Vancouver. As we get back to the Phoenix suns, uh, you know, there might be a hangover with this group. I I'm of the mindset, Dave, that, uh, the Denver Nuggets will be the number one seed in the Western Conference when the regular season ends. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to get to the finals. I just think that, you know, Golden State might falter a little bit because they're trying to integrate this youth into their lineup and the Suns have their things. Where do you oh, think they Phoenix, have the Dray- they, yeah, they, they do. They've got the they've got the Draymond thing. The Suns have their things. Where do you think Phoenix slots in? Because, again, back to that spectrum, finals, no playoffs. Are they a playing team? Are they a top six? How are they? How are they looking right now, heading into opening night? Yeah. So first of all, I have no, um, I have no faith in Denver winning significantly more games than they have in the last two years. Yes, they got Jamal Murray back. Yes, they got Michael Porter Jr. back. But I don't remember them being a top seed with Jamal Murray three years ago. They were a playoff surprise because Jamal Murray played well once they got into the bubble and all that really well, and they've. They have a history of doing actually pretty well in the playoffs with Murray and and Jokic in a two-man game. But are they going to lead the league in wins? I don't think so. However, having you asked the question of where the Suns are going to be, I think the Suns are going to be third or fourth in the West. I don't think the Suns lead the West again unless they're surprising everybody and just playing possum um, pretty much. And I do think that the Suns are going to have 55, 54, 52, somewhere around there on wins. Mm-hmm. And they're going to finish third or fourth. They're going to have home court advantage, at least one series. Um, and really the leaders are going to be the Clippers and the Warriors, I think. And if Denver gets in there, Denver gets in there. So good on them. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to lead the West. Does Chris Paul hand the car keys to Devin Booker at any point this year? Is he going to pick he his spots? To. Yeah. Has to um, look, look, Chris Paul, look, Chris Paul's still going to drive the car. Uh, he's probably going to lead the league in assists, but I'll bet you he has like a career low in scoring this year. Um, I bet you he's under 30 minutes a game. I hope he's under 30 minutes a game. So he doesn't have the wear and tear of having played all year. Um, and the Suns just need him to like somehow stay healthy during the playoffs. Um, uh, but really I think Devin Booker has to take a bigger seat. Devin has been a very, um, um, uh, he's, he's given Chris Paul the limelight this entire time, the last two years, Booker was actually one of, one of the, had some of the fewest touches among the top 20 players in the NBA this past year Mm -hmm. is a deferential is the word I was trying to think of to Chris Paul, as far, as far as being the leader. Devin Booker needs to take over more this year. This needs to be more of Devin Booker's team with Chris Paul being the second, third, or even fourth best player on the team if they're going to do well. And we're not even sure where DeAndre Ayton is going to be mentally, at least to start this season. So it almost seems like, hey, Booker out of the gate, like the the ceiling on this guy, like you're going to have to hope that he's at 25, 26 points a game to start. Because again, we don't know what DeAndre Ayton is thinking at any given moment, it seems, over the last four months. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I actually think part of that is De- DeAndre Aiden's personality. I think he's good. I think he's fine. Um, I think what happens in by year two or three, people start tuning out Chris Paul a little bit with the constant 
arguing and fighting, you know, and telling him you're in the wrong spot. You need to do this. You need to do that. Yeah. Uh, that just happens. It's happened his whole career. And I think it's probably started to happen with Aiton, but I think overall Aiton is fine. I think what's going to happen is Aiton's going to be the second leading scorer on the team. I think he's going to get 18, 19, 20 points a game. I think he's going to be happy with that role. Defensively, he's got to not regress. He's got to really stay at the, at the high end defensively of his abilities. And then he might actually, I would not be surprised if Aiton is in the strong conversation for all-star reserve um, selection as, as another big. Um, yes, you've got some guys returning from, uh, from injury and all that, but we'll just see how this, how this year plays out. I believe this will be his best year. So DeAndre Ayton is sticking around. Jay Crowder has decided he is not. Do you think, Dave, that Jay, as a veteran wing, a very veteran wing who's been around a long time, do you think he failed to read the room a little bit now that uh, Cam Johnson is ready for his close-up? Well, um, from what I hear, he he tried to get talk the Suns into an extension because he's only got one year left on his contract, and he wants some job security. He's 32, 33 years old now. He wants a little job security, a little long-term contract. The reason he left Miami that he loved and went to the finals with was because the Suns were willing to give him a three-year contract. Now he Now he's only got one year left again. And he wants a longer term contract and the Suns were unwilling to give it to him because they want to see how this year plays out. And then they also said, by the way, you're no longer our starting power forward. Cam Johnson's going to be in there. So now Jay Crowder sees like his future earnings dying out because if he's coming off the bench for a year with the Suns, a bench player makes a lot less money than a starter. So um, that's why he's holding out. Um, for the most part. And I don't know that he's coming back. And at some point the Suns will eventually trade him. I believe once they get some kind of value, like starting quality player value for a starting quality player. But in the meantime, it's kind of like if he's got a long-term injury, um, he's, he's missed time in the past. Other players have missed time in the past. He's just not there with the team. He's listed as inactive. Who knows if he's going to end up having to pay fines for not being with the team or if they're just mutually being kind and saying, here, take your $10 million and stay home. We don't know that yet, but it's weird, but the Suns are just going to move on anyway. So we have Chris Paul, who is the unquestioned leader. We have Devin Booker, who is the best offensive player. DeAndre Ayton slots in there second, maybe third is Mikhail Bridges. And we've been doing this 10 minutes, Dave. I can't believe it took me this long to bring up Bridges. Uh, is he their most indispensable player coming into this season? Well, he's certainly the player we have no idea how good the Suns would be without because he hasn't missed a game since high school. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out what the Suns are like without Mikael Bridges. He does a lot. Of, he does a ton of those little things. He's He doesn't rebound or score like a Sean Marion used to back in the day of the Phoenix Suns, so, um, the, the heyday of the seven seconds or less. So please don't take it away that I'm saying he's Sean Marion because Marion was much more productive, mm -hmm. but Mikel does a lot of those defensive little things that Sean Marion did. He covered for other people's deficiencies. Chris Paul is, is never getting any bigger. He's still small and now he's losing a little bit of mobility. Devin Booker is never going to be a, a player of the year, you know, defensive player of the year candidate or anything like that. Um, Deandre Aiden covers for people's flaws. Mikel Bridges covers pe for people's flaws without those two, we don't know how bad the Suns' defense could be. So is he the most dispensable? Possibly, but not in a statistical way where he's going to jump off the page. He'll probably never even make an all-star game. I wanted to end on this because I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I wanted to ask you anyway. Uh, the Robert Sarver ongoing saga, does this affect the team at all? I mean, Chris Paul's already been through this literally 10 years ago, but 
Does yeah. this does this affect this group at all this season? No, I don't think on the court it affects them. Um, he's been kind of like uh, um, out of out of touch for a while now. I don't think on the court it affects them. When it came out last year, they went on an eighteen game winning streak. So I think it's okay there. However, off court, I think that played a big part in the Suns not extending Cam Johnson. Uh, yesterday or by yesterday for the deadline for rookie extensions. Mm. Um, it's, it's contributed to the Suns not committing future money to Jay Crowder. I mean, I feel like he's probably is worth eight, ten million million a year on an extension, but the Suns aren't willing to commit future money when they're going to be changing over their owner, potentially. I don't know if that's for sure the case or not, but it sure seems like it. They've done almost nothing this summer. So whether the Suns can improve or have the authority to improve the team by adding even more money. I don't know if that's the case or not. And that could really hurt their as however closed or, or tightly open, barely open their championship window is. I don't know that the ownership situation is going to help at all. And it might even hurt, but on the court, I don't think the players are, are bothered. Dave, thanks so much for doing this. And I hope the Suns can distract from the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray marriage in Arizona. Oh, Lord, I know, right? (laughs) Let's let's get something. Let's get something off our off our off watching that. That was that was awful on Sunday. Awful. Thanks so much, buddy. All right. Thank you.